Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. You're now live on the Middleman Radio. This is the Middleman Talk Show. You're listening to your boy, Al. And this is Kevin. I got it right What's this week, Al. Hey, hey, Man, you know what I'm saying? Like, everything is everything. Yeah. We back in. We getting stronger. Yeah. Getting it going. As usual. As usual. As but usual. So, uh, you know, we definitely want to start off the show today by saying we really want to encourage people this year, 2020, get yourself out there and vote. It matters. Your vote counts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anybody but Trump. <laughs> you know what, Al? This is a amazing. This is an amazing time. 2020. If you had a child that was born in the early 2000s, think about it. A lot of people had kids born in the early 2000s. They're up to vote this year. They can vote. A lot of them can vote. They could have been voting. I mean, this is the perfect time to expose them to the political Mm -hmm. arena. Get them interested in it. Don't try to guide them. Don't tell them, hey, you better be a Democrat or, hey, you better be a Republican or independent. Let them make their own choice, but get them to the polls so they know I need to vote. Most definitely. Like, you really want to start off by, you know, giving them some education about, you know, politics in general. Um, you know, hopefully they learn, you know, something while they're in high school, you know, in their government classes. But you definitely want to make sure that, you know, they are aware of the information that is out there on the Internet. Uh, YouTube is definitely friendly for finding out information on politics, the different parties, um, understanding how to vote, when voting season occurs, Um what is a super delegate? All those different things, you know, like our young people need to know so they can be aware as well because they are the future. They will be determining what will be happening next. Yes, sir. It is their future, actually. You know, we yeah. we lived ours and we we've been through a couple of presidents. Um, some good, some bad. Some good policies, some bad. Uh, but right now, in this political environment that we have right now, man, it's real critical. That they do get out there and pay attention to everything dealing with politics, everything, because they're not teaching this teaching this in school no anymore, not at all. Right, right. And I have to yes, always sir. go off with my wife. You know, would say, stop getting your information from Facebook. Do your research and definitely read. Okay, <laughs> read. Like we're so big on just uh, reading just the headline of the article because sometimes the headline of the article may throw you off just to pull you in to read the article, but it's not really about what it's really about. So definitely take your time mm-hmm. to read and gain an understanding 
of politics. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, Al, I wanted you to kind of briefly, if you could, speak on our, our show last week, man. Um, if you didn't get the opportunity to listen to our show last week, it was a dynamic show from Queens, well, from Kings to Queens. Um, I'm going to leave that title right there. So we're good to go with that. You make sure you, Al, can I give them, give them a little insight on it? And I got a statement I need to make after you get finished talking about that right there, Al. Well, definitely go back and check out the show. You can go to uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash the middleman, click on shows, and you can scroll through and look at the last show dated on uh, March 1st uh, from Kings to Queens. And so definitely we had a discussion on uh, gender identification, um, sexual orientation, and uh, a further discussion about Dwayne Wade and his support of his uh, daughter, Zaya. And also we discussed a an article um, on a family where the mother was uh, trying to implement the um, gender hormone uh, treatment for her son to transition uh, him into a girl. The father was against it. They went to court. Uh, as of right now, the father won the particular case on um, for the mother not being able to provide the medication. But the mother is still dressing, you know, the um, her son up as a young lady, and the mm-hmm. father is dressing him up as a boy when he is with him. So definitely check out that show so you can gain some insight. We had a great discussion on that. We probably will do another show in relation to that. We we had some questions that came up that we really need to further discuss. So, um, But we have a great show planned for you guys today. We have um, a special guest that will yep. be assisting us today with mm-hmm. um, the importance of having life insurance. And so as of 2020, only 59% of Americans have life insurance, and half of those are underinsured. So today we're going to be discussing what is life insurance like, and the importance of having it. Um, why do I need it? Like, how, how does it benefit me? What are some of the types of life insurance that I can apply for and the differences between them? And at what age or ages should I purchase life insurance? And does my age matter and how much it will cost? Also, we want to discuss uh, how much life insurance should I purchase? Um, And for parents, what type of policies should they do or apply for for their children? So we definitely want to have a great discussion today, be informative. If you have any uh, questions or comments, you may dial 516-387-387. One five four two to call in to make your comment. Press one on your phone, and we'll definitely get to you. Al, I want to make my grand announcement today. What you got, man? My bad. My, my no, it's all good. I'm glad you did what you did. Listen, <laughs> last week we had a gender, you know, episode where people were trying to gender identify. I got a new identification I came up with, man. I want to change my status of money and what I am known as. So from now on, I'll be known as a rich, eccentric, old white man named Mr. Burns. So that's what you okay refer to then. me as. All right then, Mr. Burns. <laughs> Jen in my head so they can't stop me. <laughs> Jen is going to kick you in the throat, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so now I will be known as Mr. Burns, a rich, wealthy, white millionaire. 
That's who I am. From now, Mr. Burns. Yeah. Uh, I just got to figure out how I can get that money to uh, translate and uh, into my account. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah that'll be my transition, my money. I see you, man. Let's right. do um, it, man. Do it. Yeah, man. All right. All right. Well, let's get into the show, man. Um, I do have a clip today, all seriousness. This is a serious show. Uh, sometimes, as you can see, we do like to have fun and uh, we like to entertain you guys. So we'll have moments where we kind of get into that. But uh, let's get into this clip right here. This is from MJ Harris, man. MJ Harris is a great financial advisor. Uh, he also speaks upon life issues as a company that he sells life insurance also. Uh, but I just want you guys to listen to what he's saying. And it's the setup uh, for this particular show. And uh, once we get finished with this clip right here, we're going to bring in our special guest, and she's very, very, very special to us. So um, here we go right here. This is uh, Mr. MJ Harris. Check this out, y'all. If you have breath in your body, you need life insurance. That's the bottom line. I hear people tell me sometimes, oh, I don't need life insurance. I'm fine. I, what I want you to think about is this. If you have that belief, if you are watching me right now and you have that belief, then what I want you to think about is the fact that coming into this earth, so being born and dying, cost money. Unless you plan to, to, unless you were born in a field, right, and you plan to die without a funeral or anything else like that, it costs money. So at the very least, having life insurance in place is a way to make sure that you are able to take care of your own final expenses because by making the choice not to have life insurance, you're making the choice to say someone else will handle what I should have been responsible for. People in a lot of cases don't even have the room to grieve because their loved one didn't plan accordingly for their own death. And so what ends up happening is that now they're dealing with the unexpected death of a loved one because most of the time death is unexpected. So they're dealing with the unexpected death of the loved one, but they can't even grieve properly because now they have to deal with the financial burden that comes with, the, with having to take care of expenses that someone else could have taken care of themselves if they made a practice choice. You know, I get it. I get it that thinking about your own death and thinking about life insurance can feel morbid for some people. I get that. But what I want you to think about is also, is it harder to think about your death than it is to think about your legacy being irresponsible, your legacy being that you left financial burdens for your family, your legacy being that because of the choices that you made within your life, you set together a scenario where one of your family members is facing bankruptcy, could be facing bankruptcy because of the expenses you left behind. One of the number one causes of bankruptcy, one of the leading causes of bankruptcy, is the final expenses that are left behind when someone dies. Is that what you want your legacy to be? I think it's pure selfishness. I, think it, I really do believe this. I believe it is pure selfishness to say that because you don't want to think about death and think about insurance, that somehow or another you're going to avoid thinking about it and leave the burden to someone else. Beyond that, when we think about a lot of these groups out here, ethnic groups, racial groups out here, who continue to, to, um, to transfer wealth between generations, sure, intergenerational wealth is created from, from, from building businesses and things of that nature, which is why I encourage people to start businesses, no matter what you do, have multiple streams of income. But also a, a huge way to transfer wealth between generations is through insurance, you know, because for pennies on the dollar, literally, you are able to create wealth for that next generation to have so that they can have a life that's easier than yours. If you are a parent 
If you have anyone who's dependent on you. For me, I don't have children. I've got my nieces and nephews. And when I think about them and think about the lives that I want them to have, the ability for them to not have to use a credit card to start a business like I did. I had to run up my credit to start National Care Financial Group. I had to scrape and I had to struggle a little bit because I, I, I didn't have a lot of extra money to be able to do it. When I think about wanting to create a better platform and a legacy of being able to create wealth for my family, Having insurance in place enables me to do that. That way, no matter what happens to National Care, if National Care fell apart tomorrow, I know I've got my policies in place that can still allow me to create a legacy for myself. So that's really what I say when I think about life insurance, is if you have breath in your body, if you have a desire to create a legacy for yourself, there's something other than being a burden and creating debt, you need to get life insurance. All right, that was MJ Harris Life Insurance. Uh, he was just talking about life insurance and how important it is for us to really put ourselves and our families in a position to make sure that we change the destiny, change the future of our families. And in our community, uh, in the African-American community, um, we really are very undereducated uh, with this particular um, part of life. So this is one of the reasons why we're doing this show today. So if you have any family members out there that are somewhat on the fence of getting insurance and feel like they can't get it, we have professionals on here today that's going to talk about insurance and why you should purchase insurance. So, Am, is our guest ready? Yes, I think she is. All right, all right. So we're going to bring in, I'm going to let you introduce her. Oh, yeah, let me do that. So uh, we want to. Uh, I would like to introduce you guys to my lovely wife, Miss Ephia Mentu Hotel Harrison. She's going to assist us today with this discussion on the benefits of having life insurance. Hello, hello, hello. Right. Um, thank you guys for having me on. And um, let me first just say that I'm just here to educate. I think a lot of what I do. Yes, education. I run into a lot of families um, whose first experience with life insurance was a negative one. And so I think it's important just to have a moment to sit down and talk about it. And um, right. I am licensed uh, to sell life insurance and health insurance in um, the, our local area, so Mississippi, Tennessee, and Arkansas. Um, and I'm so happy just to be available to answer questions and things like that. All right. Well, we definitely well, man, appreciate let's get you. Let's it, man. Go ahead and set the tone, baby. Set the tone. So, so uh, All right. Well, as, of, as of right now, only 50, 59% of Americans have life insurance. So half of those who do have insurance are possibly under insurance. So our question that we want to start off with today is uh, what is life insurance and why do I need it? Um, so basically, I am agreeing 110% with MJ Harris. Um, so life insurance, well, all insurance is designed to protect things of value, to protect your assets. Mm -hmm. And what we know is that your life is an asset, right? So everything you right. do for your family, um, you're an asset to your family. The income you bring in, 
um, the the time you spend, all of those things can be quantified. Um, so you're valuable to your family, and so we have to protect that because without right. you around, none of those things go away. So just because you're no longer here, the bills don't stop. Your bills don't stop. You know, just because you're no longer here, the mortgage doesn't all of a sudden get paid. The car notes don't all of a sudden get paid. You know, after a funeral, everybody else's life still goes on. And so um, you do want to make sure that um, you have enough life insurance at the bare minimum to take care of your final expenses, but also to make sure you're leaving your family in a position um, that you're comfortable with. Gotcha. So um, what are the different types of life insurance that a person can apply for? Now, I know that MJ Harris, uh, that um, the first quote when she first came on stated that if you have breath in you, you should have life insurance. So with that being said, uh, what type of life insurance can a person who have never had any type of life insurance, what can they apply for? So... Let me first just say life insurance is based on your age and your health. And so it's not one size fits all. A lot of times it's very um, tailored to you as an individual. So you do want to check in with different life insurance companies and check on, you know, what ages they will insure, what type of health issues, you know, might not qualify because different companies may have different exclusions, and all companies have some type of exclusion, something that they don't cover. Mm -hmm. So you do want to check in for yourself. But in general, there are, you know, lots of different types of life insurance. There are three major types. So you have accidental insurance. And what that is, it means that if you pass away due to an accident, then that policy will pay out to your beneficiary, whoever you left the money to. And so accidental insurance is, in general, the most affordable type. So when you get the – sometimes you'll get the notice from your bank saying that they have a free policy for you. A lot of times that's accidental insurance um, because it's so affordable. The problem Mm -hmm. is that it will only pay out if you pass away due to an accident. And so if you die by natural causes, you have a heart attack, you go to sleep one day and just don't wake up, then that accidental policy will not pay your family any money. It won't give your beneficiary anything. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, so uh, what the, would, go ahead. All right. So what would be the um, like the next best thing to do in reference to accidental insurance? So like if. Well, I had and, that, and like but... I said, yes, like I said, each each type of insurance is very particular to what your needs are, and so that gotcha. accidental insurance can be helpful, especially for mm-hmm. young people who are doing a lot of driving. You have somebody who rides motorcycles. Um, right. Sometimes accidental insurance is the thing that's needed because of the lifestyle that that person lives. Cool. Gotcha. And gotcha. So, um, so a person you know who is a is a air pilot or um, or a professional rock climber like that would be a needed form of insurance for that for those type of fields like even working well, in factories. Well, technically, when we get into um, professions like that, you you jump into some exclusions because to be honest, yeah. if you're a pilot, 
most insurance companies will not cover you for that sort of thing. And so it, wow. it is um, particular. But for a lot of times, that accidental insurance is great for young people um, because most mm-hmm. times if young people pass away, it is due to an accident. Gotcha. Okay. Hmm. I, I have a and question. So and uh, Go ahead. I have a question for you. Now, Now, and we also have another guest that we're going to be bringing in here shortly, uh, Ms. Renika Norman. Uh, she's also, uh, and she deals with insurance also. Uh, but my question for you, as far as dealing with young people and accidental, accidental life insurance, um, when you look at some of the jobs that you get at a young age, you may take more jobs, like say for if you're a truck driver. Uh, would that mm-hmm. be a particular product that you would need to get because you're on the road so much, uh, uh, you know, you're away from your family, and, and something can happen when you're driving on the road? Is that a good policy? to look at and entertain, and also, uh, would you advise people to have multiple policies? Absolutely. So, um, to be honest, if you have a job like a truck driver or you're in a warehouse, most of those um, industries will give you a policy. And so you have these truck drivers that have the quarter million, half million dollar policies that are provided by their job, and typically they're accidental because that's where the the perceived mm-hmm. risk is. Um, right. And, yes, it's fine to have multiple policies. So let's get into some of the other types. So there's also okay. term insurance. And so with your term life insurance, Basically, it is valid for a certain amount of time. Different people have different terms. You can have a one-year term or a 10, 20, 30-year term. Um, So basically, if you pass away during that time period, they'll send the money out to your beneficiary. If you live past that time period, your insurance expires. Now, lots of um, terms allow you to get more insurance. But a lot of times, now you're older. So the insurance cost is a little bit higher. Or sometimes you may have developed some type of medical condition um, that makes it harder to get that insurance. Um, And so your term insurance, it's good um, because it is more affordable than, say, the next category, which is whole life. Um, And so a lot of people get the term insurance will get that because they can get a very large amount, so 100000 200000 and it's very affordable. Right. And what a lot of people will do is they'll say, okay, all the money I save buying the term insurance, I will spend that investing so that if I live past my term, I will have invested this money so I have enough saved up in case my insurance expires before I pass away. Um, and so mm-hmm. term insurance is also really great for protecting assets. So if you you have a mortgage, maybe, you know, um, you want to make sure that if you were to pass away, your family doesn't have to move because they can't afford the mortgage. So you may need a term policy for 30 years because at the end of that 30 years, if your insurance expires, it's okay because hopefully you will have finished your mortgage as well. And so you really want to consider what your individual family needs to determine what the best thing is for you. Um, And then lastly will be whole life insurance. So the whole life insurance is the most expensive, um, but sometimes they say, you know, you get what you pay for. And so with your whole life insurance, it doesn't expire. um, And so Mm -hmm. it'll pay out to your beneficiary no matter when you die, no matter how you die. Um, But it is the most expensive. It also builds cash value. 
So that means um, as you make your monthly payment, the insurance company is taking their cut and putting some aside and building up, you know, a little piggy bank for you. And if you ever needed to borrow money against it, you could. They would um, subtract that out at the time of death with interest, of course, um, and send your family whatever was mm. left. You can also surrender a whole life policy. So you may decide, you know, I no longer need the life insurance policy. I have some other burial policy. My mom bought a, you know, um, a funeral home or something, so I don't need it anymore. I want to surrender it. I want to cash it out for everything it's worth. Um, and right. so some people do that as well. And so, like I said, it's very individualized. Um, and I would recommend, you know, sit down with your family. Don't be afraid to have the conversation, you know, because that's one of the only things that's guaranteed is we're all going to go. Mm -hmm. So we have to sit down. We have to be honest with our children and our parents about it and really right. figure out what we need so that we leave our, you know, family in a in a position we want to leave them in so that we can begin that legacy building right. and that wealth building. Right. Well, oh, Ms. Harris, right. hold one moment right there. That's a lot of great information that you just sent mm -hmm. over to our listeners out there. If you're out there and you want to know about insurance, we have professionals on today. The number to dial is 516-387-1542. Press number one to get in. Uh, at this moment, we're going to bring in Ms. Renika Norman. Uh, Ms. Renika, how are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. How are you today? Oh, we're doing well. Thank you for well. taking doing the time well, to uh, get with us today <laughs> and talk about life insurance, an important thing in our pleasure. community. We need to know more. And, and we do. And it, it's my pleasure to speak. And anytime I get an opportunity to people who are listening, I just want to try to educate as many of us as possible because I was one of those people that did not believe in it or even care until life hit me hard um, on just out of nowhere. And I luckily am alive to tell the story, and I have the scars to, uh, to look at every day and remind me why I get out every day and do what I do and talk to people and try to educate them to put them in the right policies and what's good for their families as well. <clears throat> so thank okay. you very much. Um, one thing I would like to ask, you know, you gave us a little bit. Could you give us give us a little bit about your background? And also with Ms. Harris, I heard she covers Mississippi, Tennessee, and uh, Arkansas. Arkansas. Which states do you cover? Mm -hmm. um, I cover Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, and Ohio. Um, and I'll All be right. adding some of the other surrounding um, some of the other surrounding states as well. And I tell any insurance um, agent as I've gotten into it, and my, I have some really great leaders who brought me into it and educate me as much as possible. They also said, get uh, your surrounding area so you can help as many people as possible. So, mm, and I'm from right. Michigan, so of course I have to go back there and, and help my people too. <laughs> Most definitely. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So. So I have a question uh, for uh, either my wife or Miss Norman. Um, as far as with uh, parents who have children, right? So um, mm -hmm. what if that particular household, you know, has a newborn baby, a five-year-old, and maybe a 14-year-old? Um, what would be the type of uh, policy or plan should well, you guys would recommend for parents uh, to place on those children? Um, well, definitely you want to get something because anything can happen, but I'll tell people all the time, um, try to get something like a 10-year uh, pay or a 20-year pay just because otherwise if you just get a regular policy on a child, you would have 
you would have paid that policy out 10 and 20 times over if that child keeps that policy for the rest of their lives, especially if you get mm-hmm. one where the premium doesn't change. Because when you get one on a child, um, definitely, you know, it's going to be something small because they don't want to go over too much because they know that anything can happen with a child. Their health can change. Um, some type of, some type of accident could befall them to where you lose that child. So they, you're not going to be getting like a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand on a on a child. You're gonna, the most companies gotcha. won't go over thirty to fifty thousand. So they'll recommend just having enough, you know, of course, to bury the child. But um, when you're dealing in those numbers, get like a ten or twenty year pay. So that way the policy is paid out in full and it's mm-hmm. just there on the child. And that way it's not pay, uh, overpaid, you know. Right. Um, you want to look at <clears throat> that's basically what I would do when I whenever I um, put policies on children in in a family. Right. So, um, um, so Ms. I Harrison, would, oh, um, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I'll, yeah, I would I would agree. Um, when we talk about the paid up policy, so basically you're saying that if I have a twenty five thousand dollar policy, I want to be finished paying for it in ten years or twenty years. Or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and so I think that's a really great strategy. So making sure, uh, what I would add is, if it's a child, I would press a parent to get whole life um, because a mm-hmm. lot of times that paid up policy can be just as affordable as a term, and now you save your child from having to purchase life insurance, you know, as an adult. And then secondly, another benefit could be, you know, the surrender value. Because yep. if you get a policy on a baby and it's paid up in 20 years, then that allows that policy to then become an investment or a gift. So when your child graduates exactly. from college, you can surrender the policy, get married, buy them a house, do whatever it is, you know, that you want to do to try to build that generation. And so once again, I want to keep stressing that it's so individual. So make sure you sit down, you talk about it with your family, and then figure out what works for you all or why you need it. And that will help you figure out what the best um, type is. Right. Yeah, so, exactly Harrison, right. Um, and, and that's how a lot of people, that's what a lot of parents have done. Um, I know we don't do it, but um, I'm around a lot of other people. And I hear the way that they talk about how they put stuff on their children and how when their child got married, they were able to just pull that money right out of there and say, here you go. And we don't have those options. A lot of those other kids are, are graduating with no debt. From college, and we're wow. we're number one when it comes to it. So, um, I think, like you said, those policies are great when it comes to giving a child mm-hmm. a good start out in this world. Okay, I have a question. If um, if we can, well, since we're talking about children that get to college age uh, when they finish mm-hmm. college, at what point? And if you have a child that doesn't go to college, at what age should you kind of push them towards getting their own life insurance? What, what what age would you guys advise for them to push them to, okay, you're at this point, you're on your own, you're grown, get your own policy. What age should you somewhat push that on your child? Great question. So um, to be honest, most parents who have a policy, the kids come as a part of the policy until they're about 21 or 25, so check your own policy. Um, and that would be the time that I would recommend somebody get their own policy. Another option mm-hmm. parents have, if they want to do whole life, which is the, the policy that does not expire, is to buy two policies for your child. So <laughs> buy one, you know, if you can get this policy for $10, $15, if you all can afford that, 
buy one and you keep it, keep it and then buy the other and transfer that to your, your child as an adult so that now they have life insurance, they're taking care of the payment on their own, but because you got mm-hmm. it while they were young, it's still so much more affordable. And so if you're a family right. that can afford something like that, I would definitely recommend that. Um, but outside of that, once they come off of your policy, then they need their own. And a lot of times they're still very young and can get it very affordably. Um, when they work their first job, that's also a great time to make sure they get a permanent benefit that they can hold on to when they leave leave that job. And so um, the younger they are, the better, because that's that's when it's going to be the most affordable. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your thought, Ms. Norman? Um, she's absolutely right. I think any child should start having their own insurance, um, but it should be embedded in them. Those conversations should be happening as they're growing up, so it's a part of normal mm-hmm. life. Just like when we talk to our kids about their credit or being responsible adults, I think making sure that you're embedding insurance is just as important as everything else. So as they're growing up, that's something they have on their responsibility list. You know, they're like, all right, got to get right. insurance. All right, got to make sure the cardinal's paid. All right, got to do this. I think that's very important that we haven't been taught that. Um, so we're doing ourselves a disservice because we don't see the importance of it. So it's, I, I could get it, I could mm. not get it. And that's what I keep running mm. out in the field. And a lot of people, oh, you know, I just kind of wanted to know about it. I don't know if I want to get it. And I'm like, well, do you have anything at all? And they're like, no, I don't. But I've lived this long without it. And it's just like, kind of like, wow, okay, well, um, you, it's hard to make someone understand how important something is if they've never seen it as important. And I think that's the hardest right. thing about it. Mm-hmm. So I have a question um, in reference to, you know, age and applying for life insurance. So let's say if I am a 45-year-old uh, male that have never had any life insurance, may have a few health conditions, um, does that affect me with how much I can get in reference to life insurance as far as my well, age? Depending on, depending on your health issues, there's a lot of companies out here that won't touch certain issues. They don't want to assume the risk, especially when it comes to whole life policies. Whole life policies, okay. they know they're going to have to pay them out. Final expense policies, they know they're going to have to pay those out. So they may be a little bit stricter on what they will do. On what they will touch. Mm-hmm. There are some companies that are a little more lax, um, and that just comes with having an educated agent who can point you in the right direction, see what your issues are, and see who would be willing, who's going to be a better fit for you based on what you have going on. Um, and then also it takes people doing um, the diligence of calling some of these companies, asking these questions, you know, asking what are your what are what are conditions that you will turn away. Um, what are yep. conditions that you will, you know, ensure. Um, and knowing those and writing all that stuff down and putting it on on paper so you can look at it if you don't have an agent um, for you to ask these questions, just start looking at the, at, the, at the companies that are out there and calling them yourself, asking them those questions. You know, you don't have to give them a name. You don't have to give them a full background or anything. It's just like, hey, I'm, I'm just checking to see, you know, what you have and if it fits my, fits my family and fits me. And they'll right. be willing to answer those questions, you know. And also asking them about premiums changing, you know. Depending on what you get, a lot of companies will have those hidden in there. And if you don't know yep. it, you can have something for a time, and all of a sudden your premium jumps up from $33 to $250. 
and you're at an age where it's, it's going to be even more to um, to get you insured because now it's been right. 20 years and you didn't even know it. You know, there's, right. there's a lot of questions people have to ask and, and be aware of, and there's a lot of agents out there that will just try to put you in something to make a sale mm-hmm. rather than care about how it's going to affect you and your family. And that's another thing people have to watch out for. Unfortunately, they are they are out there. Right. Well, we definitely appreciate that information. Uh, Kevin, do you have a question? Yeah. Um, one thing I was wondering about, as far as and I know tonight we're talking about things people do not want to talk about. Nobody want to talk about their eventual passing. Uh, but we definitely need to have this conversation. Um, as far as with the policies, I know a lot of people are confused of how they work when you pass on. And what what are some of the important things you need to know about that policy when you die? Like, if it, is it enforced on the day that you die? Uh, do you have different scenarios that y'all can give us uh, with the policy on the day that you die? How how does that process happen? Uh, Ms. Harrison. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a a great question, actually. So let me first start by saying a couple weeks ago I was in a training, and they talked about how billions, with a B, billions of dollars every year go unclaimed because um, families did not know that their loved ones had life insurance. Um, Sometimes in our community there's a fear around it, and so you have this policy you hide it somewhere, you put it in a safe deposit box, you don't tell anybody about it because you're scared somebody's going to kill you or push you down the stairs or whatever the case is. And then when you Mm -hmm. do pass away, the family doesn't know what to do. And so they're doing Facebook, they're doing GoFundMes when really you had all this money um, sitting aside waiting for your family. So the first thing is, um, and I'm going to agree with my sister here, is to make sure your family talks about this Make sure they know that you have a policy and make sure they know where to find it. And so you want to put your policy someplace where your loved ones or your beneficiary can get to it and someplace they know where it is. And so if that's the piano bench, great. If that's in the cabinet and the back of the closet, then fine. If there's a safe in the house, great. Um, You want to be careful with your safety deposit box because the bank is not going to let anybody in there. So you want to make sure if you're going to do the safety deposit box that the person you need has a key, and you may want to have an extra key for somebody else just in case. I don't know. Um, But you do want to be careful with those safety deposit boxes because your policy wants to be somewhere where they can get to it. Um, But on the day that that happens, they go straight to the policy. There should be a number on the front. You call the phone number. You give them the, um, the policy number. And depending on the company, they should be able to estimate the time in which you'll receive the payout. Some companies will do you the courtesy of paying the funeral home directly and then sending you whatever's left to kind of take that off your plate. Um, But you can basically have it whichever way you want it. If you want them to send it all to you, then, hey, there you go. Um, But for those of you all who are, you know, the insured in this case, the one who has passed on, um, make sure you tell your beneficiary that they are on your policy. You know, um, you want to make sure that those things aren't surprises to people because you want people to be able to be prepared for what you're asking of them. That's a very big ask. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Definitely. Uh, Norman, anything you would like to add to that? 
I mean, she just took everything. She, I agree with everything she said. I mean, there's <laughs> not really much outside of jumping right on top of what she um, said and reiterating the same thing. I mean, it, it's all about those conversations and knowing where everything is because people won't say anything. Um, and it's, it's also like just being educated, you know, being educated on what you have and making sure that it's going to cover you. There are some companies that she said will pay out within 48 hours um, and making sure you have it. And another thing, dealing with the funeral homes, they can be in, being overly insured, just having final expenses and enough with that one because the funeral homes will try to take everything. Um, I, you definitely need it, but be careful with that as well because that's the experience that I've seen if somebody get a $15,000 policy and the funeral home found a way to not only need that, but they also, the family still has to come out of pocket. That's another issue. So being over wow. insured, you can never be too insured. You can never be too insured. That that just that means do it as your budget allows. If you can free mm. up some money to get your final expense, do that. As you can free up some more money, start getting into a whole lot of policies or at least a term, whatever it is. But make sure you're covering yourself. Um, final expense and those small policies is never enough. The funeral home will find a way to need it all. Wow. Wow. Um, so if you're listening to the Middleman Talk Show, you definitely want to uh, call in and ask a question. The number is 516-387-1542. Um, just press 1 on your phone and we'll definitely get to you. A lot of great information has been shared uh, today. So I have a question as far as um, with MJ Harris, you know, st- uh, stating that life insurance can be an investment, you know, as far as building wealth um, for your family. Um, as far as with, you know, the racial disparities, as far as with black people, how can life insurance benefit us um, and our future generations to come? Uh, we can start with Ms. Harrison. Um, that's a great question. And like I said earlier, when you all played that clip, I agree 135%. Uh, so basically, a lot of families do use it as an investment. There are different types of investment um, opportunities in life insurance. You have whole life, Mm -hmm. um, but you also have like the universal life policies, which are attached to the stock market. And you have, you know, some annuities you can set up. And I do advise people who, you know, can find the resource to sit down with a financial plan or sit down with a life insurance professional so that you can put together a plan that's good for you. Um, But one of the really great things about most types of life insurance are the tax shelters um, that are contained within them. And, you know, it's a way to make sure that your family has money and that they keep keep the money that you're giving them. Um, the other thing I wanted to stress is when she talked about how everybody makes money off of funerals, I sat with families who told me that they didn't want to get life insurance because you know, they had to work really hard for everything they had and their kids and grandkids to have to work for it too. They say things like, you know, I don't want them making money off of my death. But they don't realize mm. that everybody's making money off of their death. The girl who's mm-hmm. playing the piano at the funeral, they gonna give her a gift card. Mm-hmm. You got the person who's yep. making the um the program for you. <laughs> The preacher's right. getting a love offering. Everybody's making money, and you're going to leave your family with the burden of taking care of all this. You're going to leave your family with the burden of figuring out how they're going to mm-hmm. pay their mortgage and pay your mortgage. You're leaving your family with mm-hmm. the burden. And so, you know, 
I think the, the first thing is, as a black family, you have to come to the decision that you want to leave a legacy, that you want to do that. Because if that's not a desire that you have, then this conversation isn't going to go anywhere. Um, mm. But if you if you do want to make sure that you are, you know, building, you're leaving your your children in a in a more substantial place than, than you are in, then you want to make sure you have something in place. So educate yourself. Um, make sure you have some type of permanent policy in place, um, whether that's right. whole life or some type of other um, policy that you know will pay out no matter when you pass away, no matter how you pass away. Um, and then lastly, uh, like we keep saying, you want to make this uh, a part of your family's general conversation. You know, the financial literacy and the the being aware about insurance, being aware about all these things, that'll also go a very long way to helping you build a legacy, build that um, that family and that, that wealth that we see in other societies and other cultures, you know. Um, right. Um, anything to add to that, Ms. Norman? Um, yes, definitely. She um, she hit the nail on the head. A, a lot of families um, will end up with the debt. And just another thing, like when you're uh, thinking about, you know, what's going to be left for your family, think about the time that people need to take off to grieve your death. You know, people, oh, yes. I've had people um, have to immediately go right back to work after losing a husband and just in a very, very gut-wrenching accident and I mean two days later having to be at work because there was no way to pay bills and now it's just her income and those are things you have to think about as well your family needs time to grieve they might need the time mm-hmm. to take off to get you know get all of your affairs in order getting you know your house broken down whatever needs to happen you know things have to be done people have to take off work to make sure that um that your last remains are properly taken care for, whatever that may be. Maybe people just need the time to grieve, and people are, will need money for that. You know, that's looking out for them, you know, your children, whoever it might be. That's, people right. just don't think about what happens after they die, and it's such a domino effect to be on the front lines. I know I know, um, your wife, Materis, I'm sure she's seen it. We're on the front lines right there. We know what people go through. We actually see that. You know, that hurt yeah. and, and how it affects everybody. And when you add on top of that the financial burden, just how much more people can end up with high blood pressure. People end up um, having a, other health issues because of so much emotional and mental stress is on them that they're not ready for. And it's not it's not going over well in their body. So it's not just about the financial, making sure they're set up. It's making sure that your family's whole well-being is taken care of when mm. you leave here. That's what it's about, you know. And that generational, yes, we need that. We don't know about that. And there's retirement funding policies that you can fund. If you have extra money at the end of the month that you, instead of you blowing it, take a hundred or two hundred dollars and put it into um, a whole life policy where at at retirement age you can start to draw off the cash value that's built tax free. You know what I'm saying? And like she said, it is tied to the stock market, but it's no risk to you. You have absolutely no risk. If the stock market goes good or bad, it does not affect the cash value that's been building in your whole life policy. Mm. It's still going to stay mm. the same. So now you're not it's taking real. the same risk that other people are. But when you get to retirement age, guess what? you got six figures sitting there that you can draw off of and live off of while you relax so you don't have to work. I see people out here at 60, 70, 
um, years old still working because they had nothing. They didn't have anybody teaching them about this. It's so much more than I think we could probably even think about touching on. But I think it's good that this conversation is happening. I really hope people are listening. You know, Miss Harris is extremely educated, and I'm just thankful for the opportunity to be able to interject. But it is a lot of information that we need, and we need to start jumping on. Yes, yes, that is correct. Okay. All right, if you're just tuning in to the Middleman Talk Show, we are talking about talking about the importance of having life insurance. If you would like to get in this conversation, you have a question that you don't know who to go to, we have two professionals on here today. Uh, the number to dial is 516-387-1542. Press that number one if you would like to get into this conversation. We have a lot of information on this line for you guys today. This is not one of our normal opinionated shows. This is a factual show. This is for your future, your legacy, and beyond. Um, I do have a question I would like to ask Ms. Norman. Um, are you familiar with the dime rule? The dime rule. Um, the dime rule. No, I've heard of it. Um, I have not um, been educated in it as of yet, no. Okay. Not to where I can Well, to it. just set it up, I, I know we asked about how much insurance you should have, uh, but they have a rule that basically you have your debt, your income, your mortgage, and your education expenses. You got to add all those up to see what type of insurance you need to have once you pass away oh. or in the in, inevitable demise of yourself. All of these things can be covered. Now, Al just asked a question a, a moment ago about our age and health issues, but mm-hmm. these are things that are daily. So when we do pass away, we definitely need to make sure we have all these things in order. And when we get our insurance, what would be the best approach to outside of the dime rule? If, if they don't have education in that factor or a mortgage in that factor, what are some of the things they need to, to somewhat uh, put in place or think about once they leave and their, their significant other or family members may have things they need to cover? What's a good rule of thumb to somewhat know how much insurance you should purchase as an individual? Okay. Uh, so now I do do that. I just didn't know it had a, I didn't know the dime rule, that what it, that's what it was. I actually already do that. With my clients, when we sit down, um, mm-hmm. I ask them how much does each person bring into the household? Um, what does the husband bring in? What does the wife bring in? What are your expenses right now? How much, do you own your cars? Do you own your home? What other properties do you have? What other um, investments going on do you have? To try to get a roundabout number of what they actually have. So if you lose one, you kind of know how you can make that income will be replaced through the insurance policy. So, like, I just had a, a client now, and we did the same thing, and we were able to get them turned. Um, They have a couple different properties. They don't fully own all of them, but they're still paying on them. But they have 30-year mortgages on both. Um, they have kids, and they both have really good jobs bringing in six figures apiece. So that was what, you know, I put them on a half a million dollar term and a million dollar term because they can show that they actually are worth that kind of money. But I also got them um, final expense. And then we're working on, they chose this. I gave them many options, but they chose the term. And what we'll do after that is just going to be up to them. But that's just what they want starting out to begin because they literally have nothing. So just starting off, they just want to, you know, go there. But like I did with them, I need to know every figure. You know, that's why your insurance agent has to be somebody you're comfortable with because you're going to have those problems, tough decisions and those conversations. And people get funny when they start talking about how much money they got. <laughs> <Damn> wow. <nobody. laughs> 
<laughs> so I have a question. Well, yeah. uh, Ms. Harrison, so I have a question. Um, what type of, well, how can I pay for my life insurance? Like, what type of account should I have? Can I just pay for it cash? Do I get a bill monthly to pay for it? How does that work? So, um, to be honest, most of it is up to you. So, most insurance companies do have um, different modes of premium. So, you can pay monthly or annually, quarterly. Um, so, that's between you and the insurance company. And then it depends mm-hmm. on what type of insurance it is. So, um, most insurance does want to come directly out of your bank account. Nowadays, a lot of them may give you a small discount if you do an auto pay or something like Mm -hmm. that, you can get a discount with most insurance companies. Um, And then lastly, sometimes you can get it through your payroll. So if you do, if you Mm -hmm. are a part of a group policy maybe, so you have coverage through your job, um, it can be deducted through your payroll. One thing I do Mm -hmm. want to encourage you all to check in with your HR department about that. Most of your work policies, your life insurance through your job is typically term. That means that as long as you're working there, you're covered. But, of course, if you quit, get fired, or sometimes even retire, um, you run the risk of losing that life insurance. So make sure you check in with your own HR department and see how your life insurance works for your job, um, particularly if it's tied to your payroll. Yep. Um, So so I have a question in reference to that. So with um, that particular policy that you may or may not have with your employer, is it a way in which you can uh, keep that policy or turn it into uh, maybe if it if it's turned, can I turn that policy into a whole life policy? So in general, mostly yes, um, but once again, it does depend on your individual, you know, policy. But a lot of times, um, you do have an option to convert, and so that mm-hmm. usually means that they will allow you to keep the policy. Um, And there are different Mm -hmm. companies that do different things. Sometimes they'll look at the price and say, hey, you want to keep this price? So this is going to be, you know, how much your new policy is worth at that same price. Sometimes they'll Mm -hmm. say, well, you want to have $30,000. Well, this is the new price for $30,000. Because keep in mind, if you have insurance for your job, it's kind of like buying insurance in bulk. You're getting a discount because Mm -hmm. so many people are on the same policy. So once you opt to leave, that price will change. So you do want to reach out to HR before you leave and make sure you have an idea as to what you'll be looking like, looking at if you want to keep Mm -hmm. that policy. Or maybe it might be time to reach out and find a policy that that is more suited to you if you're going to have to take on the full cost. Um, But you can get very affordable policies um, if you're looking for them. Of course, everything comes with fine print and exclusions. um, So make sure you do take the time to read thoroughly. But you don't have to um, break the bank to to make sure your family is protected. And the last thing I wanted to say um, on that same vein about breaking the bank is um, a lot of times our families are met with, with hard times, you know. And I want to encourage families that when you have your life insurance, don't stop payment on your life insurance. You know, we pay our car note. We pay that, you know, $200 a month for the car note. We're paying $150 a month for the car insurance, and I know that your car is not worth as much as your life is. You know, so when you're making those hard decisions month to month, deciding what to pay and what not to pay, keep in mind you want to pay the life insurance because if if worst-case scenario came, the life insurance is what's going to keep your kids in the house. 
the Mm -hmm. life insurance is what's going to make sure, you know, the kids don't have to transfer. The life insurance is going to be what makes sure, you know, that your oldest kid gets to keep the car. And so you do want to make sure you're prioritizing things. And I know that everybody isn't in the best economic situation, um, but you do want to make sure you are taking care of the business that needs to be taken care of first and then paying for the cable and then paying for the other things you might want that you don't necessarily need. Mm. Right. Great information. Great information. Yeah. Great information. Now, I have a scenario that I want to put on, you know, put on the table. Okay, I have a million-dollar policy on myself, and when I die, my wife incurs all that money. Would that money, and I want to ask you, Miss Norman, would that money be taxable? Because that's, that's, is that an income? Is that an additional income, or is it a taxable income, or is it even considered an income? So once they receive the money, do they have to worry about paying taxes? Not at all. That is one of the great things about um, being about having insurance is what you leave for your family is what you leave for your family. And it is a non-taxable um, uh, amount that will go to the beneficiary. Wow. Now, I, I know a lot of people are worried about that. Yeah. Now, there are different situations where, you know, yeah, that is. But to answer your question, no. Whatever it's going to okay. the beneficiary goes to the beneficiary. They're not going to have to pay uh, taxes on, on that money when they get it. It's not like that, no. Now, what about an estate tax or an inheritance tax? Would that be something that would kind of tie into that on certain policies? That well, that really can't really. That comes with the actual really. estate. That doesn't have to do with the life in, the life insurance policies. You're talking about okay. them getting taxed on what they're left behind. So much as like the uh, actual physical estate, the home, the cars, mm-hmm. things like that. Now, when they're left mm-hmm. with that, of course, they're going to have those. Those are completely different. Your life insurance policy is is, is its own separate thing. It's just its life insurance policy. And I absolutely, um, yeah, I absolutely agree. There are some times where I'm sitting with a family and they say, you know, well, how come I couldn't just save this money up or, you know, can't I, that premium amount that I would be spending on life insurance, can I just put that in the bank? Um, right. and, you know, my answer is always, yep, you know, you could, you but. my this show is very important because yes. the lack of knowledge will destroy you and our community mm-hmm. uh, we definitely have a lack of knowledge when it comes to 
insurance, and there's other factors uh, that play into that too. But with this insurance, I mean, people have been changing the dynamics of their families for years. Um, like one of you, one of y'all made a statement earlier where one of the family members said, "No, they're not going to get paid off of me." I, I like how you right. covered that mm-hmm. after that. So. If you missed that part, make sure you rewind this show and go back and listen because I'm not going to elaborate on it. But overall, we definitely need to get insurance. Um, Al, we had a couple of people that were on the line earlier that were listening in. And, and if you got any friend, family or friends out there right now that want to know about insurance, tell them, call in. Let us know what's going on. Go ahead, Al. Um, so we definitely had a lot to discuss today with the different types of insurance, accidental, term, and whole life. Uh, we definitely gained a lot of information on how to apply, what to do, doing doing your research, finding out what's best for your family. And so uh, definitely like that last question as far as like when people uh, are feeling like uh, they can't afford it or don't want to buy it. Um, are there are there any other things in which you say to them just to try to motivate them through that process to help them along the way to let them know that they are making a good uh, decision by investing in life insurance? We're going to start with Ms. Harrison. Um, absolutely. The, the thing I say to them, well, I normally just look at their budget. So what are you spending your money on? Right, so mm-hmm. if my money is going to Comcast, the first thing I'll probably say is, to be honest, when you die, Comcast ain't sending nothing to the house. If anything, they're going to mm-hmm. send somebody out to come pick up the cable box. Mm-hmm. And so if you're spending right. money on Comcast, and not to demonize Comcast, because, you know, we all watch TV, but think about are there channels <laughs> you're not watching? Can you take that $15 a month you were spending on premium channels and spend that on your life insurance? Can you yeah. take that gym membership you're at? You're at the unlimited level, but you really only go to the gym twice a week. So drop that down to the three days a week gym membership and use the rest on your life insurance. Um, and I understand mm-hmm. that in today's society, like a lot of people are living the lifestyle that they want to live and aren't putting a lot of thought towards the future. Um, but mm. if we if we continue to live that way, then, you know, we'll be – the only generation that's moving backwards. And so we really have to make sure we get a handle on these things and we put put aside the business that needs to be put aside. But it's definitely doable, mm-hmm. and I would recommend anybody sit down, look at their budget, and find it because it's important. You know, you spend money on insurance that you may never use, and this is one that right. is definitely going to get used. Yep. Right. Miss Norman, what, what type of things would you say to motivate your clients on trying to get life insurance? Um, I put it right in front of them. I put death right in front of them, and I keep it there the whole time because you have to, you, you know, it needs to be that real. It needs to hit them in the heart, in their soul, so they understand what this means for their family. And I, I, I give it to them. I give them a full picture. When you die, your, um, your family is going to have to, you know, bury you. That's going to cost them some money along with the time off that they're going to have to take to to deal with your burial. Uh, This house, do you own it? Um, They're going to have to get all this stuff together and move everything. Um, What about your car? I mean, what what else do you have? Um, What debt do you have? You understand that debt debt doesn't die with you. The only debt that dies with you is student loans. 
everything mm. else, whatever you got, they're going to find a way to bring it on to your other family members. And I need you to oh, understand yeah. that you need to make sure that they have something to cover it because it, does your family have money already to bury you? Do, is your family well off or you only got that one cousin that, that made it out? You know what I mean? Like, what do you have going on? Because if they don't, you are now going to put your debt on top of them. And I know you love mm. your family. I know you would never want to do something like that. So this is why we need to discuss this right now and get this taken care of. Because your mm-hmm. family's going to incur all your debt. And if you already in $30,000 worth of debt, and they already in, in some debt, now they now they got yours? Is that how you want to leave your family? And that's, I, wow. I, that's how you have to give it to them. I can't sugarcoat nothing like this because Jess ain't, ain't sugarcoated. So I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you either. I need you to understand it and feel it and make that decision. Make those hard decisions. Open up your eyes to what is really going on so we can make better decisions for ourselves. Mm. That's how I wow. That's how I take care of my clients. Powerful. Powerful. Um, we definitely want to thank you all for tuning in to the Middleman Show today. Special shout outs to my wife, Miss Evia, Mental Hotel Harrison, and also Miss Renika Norman for bringing us and you all this great information because this information is definitely helpful. Our children need to know about it. Uh, those of you who are who are not insured, please do your research on life insurance. Find an agent in your area that can definitely help you along through this process. This information is definitely beneficial, man. Kevin, how do you feel today, man? I'm informed. Um, I have a policy. I mean, to be honest with you, when I first got my policy, man, I feel like a weight came off my shoulders. I'm going to be honest with you because I know that it can happen at any time. I can get up out of here at any time. And, uh, you know, just thinking about my family, my kids, uh, just, you know, just knowing that when I'm gone, uh, they have something to fall back on and to cushion that blow of me being gone. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, this is a great, informative show. Uh, I do appreciate uh, Miss Renika Norman and Miss Harrison, I do appreciate both of y'all for sharing this information and sharing your time with us today. Uh, we would like for everybody that gets the opportunity to listen to this show tonight, make sure that you share this show. It's very important. Uh, this is oh, a yeah. part of our Middlenomics uh, episodes. You know, we've done Middlenomics before. Y'all heard it. If you've been listening to us for a while, uh, we're going to bring mm-hmm. more informative shows, uh, buying houses, cars, whatever you need. We want to make sure that our community is informed. Uh, yeah, we do and talk connected. about relationships yes. a lot. Uh, Miss Norman, I do invite you to check out one of our relationship shows if you ever uh, have time. But uh, today is about education. Yes. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh, today to. is about I'm education. Not in a I, I'm not in a relationship, but I study them just so I can make sure, you know, what to do, what not to do, how to be a, in a healthy Uh-oh. relationship. I think it's, it's just as important to study um, those things as well. You don't got to be in a relationship to, you know, want to hear how people want to be treated and stuff like that to be educated. That's right. That's it. That's right. <laughs> uh, That's it. Norman, uh, if you have any information you would like to share with us, with our listeners, uh, information about you, uh, the same for you, Ms. Harrison. If y'all want to share any information, because we do have listeners that listen from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast, and we do appreciate each and every one of you guys. Uh, but we want, if y'all have any information that y'all would like to let anybody know about you guys, feel free. Sure. I can be emailed at pspsconsulting at gmail.com, and I help with any problem-solving needs. This is Ethia Harrison. 
Um, and my name is Renika Normus. I can be reached at Renika77 at gmail.com or Renika at the Norman Agency dot com. Um, and that's pretty much it. All right. That's wonderful. Yeah, I'm, I need to evaluate, reevaluate my stuff too now. So I might have to change stuff up on my policy after I heard some of this today. I got to change some stuff. <laughs> and just yeah, to add a little yeah. note, always stay up on your beneficiaries. People forget to change the beneficiaries. So stay on top of that too mm. if you have a policy. We for, yeah, we forgot Absolutely. to talk about that because that's important. Yes, yes, make sure you're changing that how your beneficiaries. So if you done married your second wife and your first wife is still your beneficiary, you're the beneficiary. Right. right. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So stay on Somebody top of your beneficiaries. <laughs> There's going to be a fight at that funeral. Hell yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm once again, Al, <laughs> yeah, so once again, we do appreciate everybody for tuning in to the Middleman Talk Show today, this Sunday. Al, give them your words. Hey, thank you for taking an hour out your day to listen to the Middleman Talk Show today. We gave you some great education on life insurance. Pass that information along. Continue to do your own research and definitely get yourself insured. All right, Kevin, let's close it out, man. All right, here we go. I know there was a couple of things we didn't get the chance to cover, but we're going to revisit this again. Uh, I oh, think yeah. there's some more things we can also cover, man. I, I think there's some more information we can get into this. Oh, it's definitely more. Um, you know, we definitely did not get into the beneficiary part, so um, that's a yeah. lot to do with that. Um, so, yeah, man. Mm. And then even, you know, like, um, you know, those true crime TV shows where the, you know, the husband or the wife put out a policy on you know, and somebody magically ends up gone, and they cash out. So yeah, lots to talk man, about. Look, man, no, we can't have, we can't do that. We have Jen sitting on here talking about murder mysteries. No, no, he ain't man. gonna go that far. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, everybody, man, we do thank you for listening to the Middleman Talk Show. Uh, big shout out yep. to Miss Harrison and also Miss Norman. Thank you once again. And tune in next week, man. We're going to have another another informative, entertaining show. Oh, I'll get my Don Cornelius on right there, bro. 
I get you, man. I got you, man. You know? Crazy, <laughs> man. Hey, uh, hey we're we going to support our man, uh, Dirty Harry, man. I know he, you know, he's been uh, working on a project for a while, man. And uh, we got a record it's that we played a while music. ago, man. I, I, yeah, say that again, Al. We putting out music. Yeah, Play man. It, man. Uh, this is this is Dirty Harry, man. This is Chess. Now, if you stayed over, you're listening online. You just got you an exclusive. Here we go again. And then after this, we ah. Believe in yourself. Protect your wealth. Start playing chess, cause they're killing black people. Don't place your faith in the sun, moon, and stars. God is the only one who knows who you are. Believe in yourself. Protect your wealth. Start playing chess, cause they're killing black people. Yo, who you studying? Who you trying to be like? Salt to dead, ain't nobody getting no fire like. We in the streets trying to overcome this evil. This ain't no joke no more, they're killing black people. Cause we not really considered citizens. We don't know the best emancipation put us in. Terms of the document was that we leaving. But we stayed cause they had our folks believing. I don't know about you, but where my mule at? Where the acres that they promised that we're going at? They said, Back just to see if we would roll with that Black folk cheap labor made the country fat Don't give a damn about a Democrat Republican Gay folks took the shine off the black man More interested in what's in your underwear Their black lives meaning something cause they don't care Don't place your faith in the sun, moon, and stars God is the only one who knows who you are Believe in yourself, protect your wealth Start playing chess cause they killing black people Place your faith in the sun, moon, and stars. God is the only one who knows who you are. Believe in yourself. Protect your wealth. Start playing chess, cause they're killing black people. Any word about some shoes that your man got? Just all he drives or the fact that his girl hot. If he the have, then I guess you are the have not. You cussing what he have, so he in a bad spot. Black people hurt they don't trying to live a good life. You slow and simple minded, so you live a bug life. Competing for the scraps that fall off while it's table. An old story going back to Katie Namor. These evil rappers that you focused on your low self. Copy how they live, that ain't good for your health. You can't learn to be a man from a pop star. Head in the clouds like he was a rock star. Who you gonna be, King, Queen, Rook, upon? Act like an animal and that's how you be looked upon. Not understanding what be locked inside your DNA. A righteous man will always choose to walk the narrow way. Don't your faith in the sun, moon, and stars. God is the only one who knows who you are. Believe in yourself. Protect your wealth. Start playing chess cause they killing black people. Place your faith in the sun, moon, and stars. God is the only one who knows who you are. Believe in yourself. Protect your wealth. Start playing chess, cause they're killing black people.